Have you ever used an anonymous Q&A thing like in your own personal life? My middle school was like taken over by FormSpring, which just kind of blew up the school. And then we had multiple assemblies on why we shouldn't be using FormSpring because it was a tool for bullying. And then we then moved on to Ask.me. Then there was, I think it was called Saraha that started like when I was in my junior year of school. And then my first year of school, Yik Yak was the thing that was super popular, asking each other questions, but focusing it to like dorms and stuff. Hello, welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where Ashley Carmen, hello, and Caitlin Tiffany, that's me, examine the choices technology forces us to make. Today we're talking about question apps, anonymous question features. Yes, you've maybe seen these apps, websites, whatever. Maybe you remember it from the Tumblr days. Then there was that app that was going around like Sarah uh, on Twitter. Then yeah. there was like Curious Cat. Basically, just this is the feature that will never go away. People seem to love to ask each other anonymous questions. And I frankly don't know why. Okay, Sarah is the weirdest one, I think, because the tagline is literally like helps you receive constructive, honest feedback while maintaining privacy. It's like anonymous criticisms. You're supposed to request like feedback on, I don't know, your general existence as a human being. Like, oh, no. I do remember when lots of journalists were using this. Yeah, was it was like, a big media thing briefly. And I just thought, ugh, like, why? I can barely handle constructive criticism that's like very slowly and carefully phrased to me in like extremely gentle way by a person that I have loved and trusted <laughs> for years. And then afterwards, I get to like drink a hot chocolate, <laughs> much less like just anonymously pelted at me through my phone. Yeah. So if you've never used one of these websites, literally how it works is if you're the person receiving the questions, you just see an anonymous question and you answer it. If you're the person asking the question, you get to ask a question with the safety of knowing you will never be unmasked, Mm -hmm. which could be dangerous if you're trying to bully. Like people can get bullied. Sure. Yes. Which is like the dark side of this. The question we're trying to answer today is why do you want to ask a question anonymously? Mm -hmm. We're going to maybe just like extract the bullying question from it now because it's like that's boring. If you want to bully someone, the motivation behind that is like you're mean and sad. Yeah. So it's like not interesting to me. Yeah. So now I need to know, Caitlin, have you ever participated in one of these question apps? Well, when I was like really into Tumblr in college, I think I used the ask feature pretty often. I mean, Tumblr was a big deal for a period of time. So it was like actually a good way to like make connections and network. Mm -hmm. Like I still think about this because it's so embarrassing. I was so like overeager and grotesque. I messaged Sarah Nicole Prickett, the writer, um, on Tumblr to ask if I could help her with the magazine that she was starting at the time called Adult. Which is oh, no, wow. no is that exists. still in print? No, it doesn't exist anymore. And Sad. she was super nice. I ended up, she ended up not following up with me, and we never interacted after that conversation that we had in Tumblr Ask. But I did use it kind of a lot at the time, like to talk to people on Tumblr, mm-hmm. not not anonymously, because like my Tumblr username was like. Uh, I think it was, hmm, says neon sign. So it's like, it was basically anonymous anyway. It didn't right. say Caitlin Rose Tiffany. But it was fun. So it sounds like you used it mostly to reach out to people you either admired or like respected or wanted to just know. I mean, it, it felt like very low stakes. It's not the same as being like, oh, I really admire this person's work. I'm going to send them like a fan email, which can feel like so fraught and bizarre. I used to send fan emails. <laughs> well, I do feel like we need to mention here that although we were focusing this episode on anonymous apps, while we were doing this whole season, 
Instagram launched its questions feature, which is non-anonymous. Mm-hmm. It's where you can get ask for suggestions for things, or you can be like, ask me a question, and you can reply to things. Yeah. So since neither of us are really question at people, I figured... I should take one for the team and try to use the Q&A function on Instagram. So I did an open-ended thing, ask me a question, and I got a lot of questions, Caitlin. Yeah, you loved it. I did love it. I thought I was going to hate it, and it is a profound waste of time, but it was actually really nice to just like read what people wanted to say to me. Let me see if I can pull up. One of the things I got was um, someone saying, hey, I see you on the subway every day during your commute. Hi. Hmm. So that was an interesting one. Not a question. This morning I woke up and looked at my phone and I had three messages from Instagram and it said, you can no longer see this message because the sender has unsent them. Ooh. And they had sent three <laughs> of them in like the middle of the night. And Crush like, confession. Yeah, it was like creepy. Um, someone asked me when we're getting brunch. Someone asked me how many push-ups can I do in a row. How many? <laughs> Probably one. Have I been to Europe? What phone do you use? I got a lot of questions about my phone. Are you into veggie chips? These people are so mundane. No offense. I can see everyone's handles that is sending me stuff that's like, why are you hot? And I'm like, my mom and dad. <laughs> like, what's the answer to that question? Genetics and societal norms <laughs> swung in my favor. Yeah. Okay, I do kind of stand by the fact that, like, to do this, you have to feel very self-important. And, like, I don't feel self-important, which is why I've never tried this feature. But now that I've done it, I'm like, it's so much engagement. And I can't help it that my brain loves engagement. It's addictive. So every time I kept getting a question, I was like, oh, my God, I got to check and see what the question is. I still felt really dumb posting it to my story because I knew everyone who I'm actually friends with that follows me would definitely not care what my question and answer was. I don't think my friends learned anything about me, but it's a really just fun way to engage and also really a great activity, I think, if I'm ever sitting in an airport with a flight delay. So (laughs) I will be utilizing this in that case. Hmm. Okay, so just to give everyone a preview of what's coming in the episodes, we're going to do our little user interviews where Caitlin talked to someone and I talked to someone, and then we're going to talk to the actual COO of one of these websites, Ask.fm, so we'll be talking to him. Okay, let's launch into this. Okay. So I spoke with Vanessa Newman, aka Five Boy, on Instagram. They are a DJ, a very cool DJ. They use the Instagram Q&A feature a lot and have been using question apps for years. Vanessa's always posing these questions, so I had to reach out, and they say the feature actually seems like a response to an already existent behavior. I would pose questions on Instagram a lot, just writing the text in the like story. I went on a lot of like theoretical, like high concept theories on my Instagram. You know, like how is AI impacting people of color communities and like what it means to like thirst trap and what that means for like gender non-conforming bodies. And it was more like just things I was thinking about and putting questions marks at the end of them and I feel like people didn't respond to it because they weren't actually sure if it was a question because it was kind of like out there. Once the feature came out though they started being more pointed about what they ask. I started like asking like actual prompts that was like do you have any questions about like what it means to be a strategist? I was just kind of throwing things out there that I was thinking about with no expectation of people responding. Vanessa knows that everyone might not respond, but they like the idea of using it to build community and get a sense of what their followers are thinking. I think I'm someone who's just like really curious about what having a brand means like on Instagram. And I think like it's more of an experiment, like will people respond more than like I want a response. 
The main reason they like the feature is because they see it as a way to build a stronger community and connect with followers. They've learned a lot from people's responses. Usually it's like to get a pulse on what's on my community's minds and like what are their experiences, what are like our values, because all these things I think help inform a deeper relationship with my community. And then in like turn, when I do things like throw events or like launch projects or whatever, they're like rooted in like a desire for an understanding of people that I see a lot and work with a lot and work for. For a lot. Instagram isn't the first platform Vanessa has used for questions. I use Tumblr a lot and they had the whole like ask box where you could ask people questions. But my Tumblr was like a poetry Tumblr. So I often ask a lot of questions on like fielding like prompts, like send me some topics and I'll write a poem about it or share with me other poets that you know or like sit, like submit your poems to mine and I'll like put it on my blog. Also pre-Instagram, like in high school in Formspring, which was an anonymous messaging website or something was a thing. I actually hated that because I was I've always felt like it was like used more so for bullying. So I always imagined that people use the Q&A function to confess their crushes. But Vanessa tells me that this is not true and it makes me very sad. I had the opposite of anonymous crush. I definitely had an anonymous troll for a while and they would make multiple fake Instagram accounts and DM me mean things like anonymously. So it was like anon, but it was work because it was like every time I blocked the account, they'd make a new one. But so it's like there is a way to be anon, but it's like way more creepier because like it's just more labor. So the takeaway here is that Instagram's feature by not being anonymous does prevent bullying a little bit, but people find a workaround. I'm going to keep bringing this back to bullying, Caitlin. God damn it. Okay, Vanessa said that the whole confessing your crush anonymously thing isn't real. However, Vanessa is wrong. Oh, boy. Doubting our guest. (laughs) A friendly listener who was too shy to come on the pod messaged me on Twitter and told me that back in 2012... They had somebody make an entire Tumblr just to anonymously message them and be like, I have a crush on you. Like, I'm in love with you or whatever. And eventually, like over time, the person had to ask like a billion times. And then the like the anonymous crusher finally confessed their name. And it turned out to be a longtime Internet friend that this listener had had. The listener is from the UK and the Internet friend is from the US. So nothing was ever going to happen but they still went to the like super extreme lengths of making a whole separate tumblr like designing it customizing it like putting other stuff on it and then that's a lot of work just to confess a crush i know but also like i know it sounds it sounds like a little bit charming right now but then like i asked some more questions and the listener was like yeah well they had a long-term serious relationship so i was like their online side piece oh my god so it's like really not that charming but i just wanted to point out that crush confessions do happen well now that you reminded me of this i did retweet you when you were asking for crush confessions, and I do want to shout out one person who DM'd me and said that they confessed a crush on MySpace. This is how far what? back this goes with something called Truthbox, but that they almost got found out through the online now function. Yeah. So on the more positive side of things, I spoke to Claudia, a Tumblr micro celebrity of sorts. She's been involved in fandoms there, like Doctor Who, for many, 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 many years. And now is kind of, there's a whole new 
generation of Tumblr teens, so they kind of look up to her. I will always remember the first time that I knew that I knew I was relevant, as I like to call it, was because I started some sort of discourse involving Sherlock. I got a lot of messages and a lot of people had opinions, and that was when I realized that, like, just outside of my sphere, people were hearing, like, the things that I posted. For a long time, the ask feature on Tumblr, which can be tied to a username or can be anonymous, was the main way that Claudia interacted with people on the platform. At first, it was asking me questions about me, and then, then my opinions on fictional things in regards to a shipping discourse or some bullshit like that, or it could just be literally random. I started to talk more about myself and the bullshit in my life, and people got a little more familiar, and they would ask me questions, like how I got into school, and where I went into school, and frustrations in school, and all kinds of stuff. And then when I graduated, I would get a lot of questions from people being like, how did you get into that school? What was it like there? Can you give me any advice? They were, unsurprisingly, mostly anonymous. People would be like, oh, I'm scared to talk to you off and on. Either they're intimidated or they're just scared to talk to anybody off of anon. And I'm usually trying to be encouraging. I'm like, it's okay. I'm just some dumbass on the internet. Like, I'm not. You just know there's nothing to be afraid of. So this is a little weird because usually we're talking about technology forcing us to make decisions but with some intention behind the design, but that's not really the case with Tumblr because it's like a junky, busted-up old website with <laughs> no intention behind its features. There's this feature on Tumblr where if you don't have a Tumblr account, you can still send a message and ask to someone. It just comes off as an anon. And there was somebody who had deleted their Tumblr account for various reasons but had been following me for a while and wanted to keep messaging me. And they would identify themselves as the pre-med anon because they're a pre-med student. So they start all their messages with pre-med and on whatever. And they've been telling me about their life for like over a year. And so now there's other people who look forward to their asks <laughs> and who look forward to the updates in their life. Like it's been over a year and I have watched them get together with their now current boyfriend and like encourage them or whatever. Like we've all been rooting for this person. <laughs> And Claudia did her best to help people out, but it sometimes got a little heavy. For a long time, there was a lot of questions that I could not help them with, like, how do I come out to my parents kind of things? Or if I come out to my parents, it's dangerous, what do I do? And I would consistently have to be like, I can't help you, I am a stranger on the internet. Please go to a therapist or a trusted teacher or something. Like For a while, there were very serious questions. She felt like she had a responsibility to these people because they were reaching out to her specifically through this rickety, anonymous platform. People have come back to me and they've been like, I did what you said and it worked, or now I'm dating this person, or they liked me back, or whatever. There's always relationship advice kind of things, and I'm like, oh, what I say actually meant something to people, so I have to think about that. And also, a lot of these people are kids. And a lot of these people are coming to me because they have nowhere else to go. And they're anon they're anonymous because they have nowhere else to go. It can be stressful to be seen as a digital oracle who has all the answers. But it can also be fun to chat with strangers. At the end of the day, I mean, humans just love stories. And if you've followed anybody or been interested in anybody, like, people just love a good yarn. <laughs> and if they have a good yarn, love to share it, too. Even if it's anonymous. I mean, it's so much easier to share it if it's anonymous. Even if it's innocuous and stupid. What I love about Claudia's little uh, community uh, is that it's basically just like writing into like your local newspaper. I like that it's kind of like an old school thing to do, but it's it's much more efficient. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not buying a stamp. I need an answer to my question now. It's Life true. is urgent. Things are pressing. We need answers. <laughs> but I am still curious. Like, I, I think I already kind of knew how, like, this kind of thing works in, like, a fandom community where people have shared interests and, like, a reason to be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. But I am still curious about the broader, bigger just like generally anonymous apps where it doesn't seem like there's any like shared experience. Yeah, because both with Vanessa's interview and your interview, it seems like these are specifically for kind of communities. Mm -hmm. And I had actually never really thought about that use case, but it totally does make sense. So yeah, I think we need to find out what's going on with these anonymous askers. All right. I am going to be talking to Giannis Grivens, the COO of Ask FM, which is one of those websites slash apps where you can ask anonymous questions. So we will be back with him after the break. Okay, so we are back and we are here with Giannis Grivens, the COO at a company called Ask FM. Hey, Giannis. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Fine, thanks. So just right off the bat, can you tell us what Ask FM is for people who don't know and give us a little bit of history about the company? Sure. Ask FM is uh, probably the biggest uh, social network in the world for questions and answers for young people. Every month, 600 million questions get exchanged on Ask.fm. We have been around since eight years and are present basically worldwide. And uh, the core of our audience is 13 to 25 years old. Wow. So it's a young young crew. Yes. I believe that we have accumulated quite some knowledge about the uh, so-called Gen Z. Part of our audience is also older, but I think that we are pretty comfortable and pretty united, I could say, with the needs of our young audience. What are the needs of the younger users? Like, Why do they want to use question apps or just in general, people in general? I believe that question and answer apps, and we in particular at Ask.fm, are providing three important layers of discovering the world. So basically, the first layer is discovering the world around you. For example, you want to know why the sun sets and uh, you send a question and somebody answers. That's the knowing something, getting to know something about the world. Then there's the second layer, which is, I would say, more focused. It is to know something about your friends. And this means that I want to find out something about a friend of mine and I send him or her a message. And in order to make that easier, we allow a person to do it anonymously if he's very shy. Of course, uh, at the same time, moderating it very rigorously. Then there is the third layer, which personally I find the most interesting. It's getting to know something about yourself. I have myself received quite a lot of questions on Ask.fm, which have helped me to learn something about myself and to understand myself better. I think uh, the toughest question I received uh, in 2018, which I still remember this question, it was, whom do I love more, my mom or my dad? Savage. And I had never thought about it, you know? Dang, they want to stir the pot. Hopefully your mom and dad don't uh, read your answers. No, I believe that one of the reasons why we are popular with young audiences is that the parents stay out because they don't really get the concept. 
And uh, if you have been to some party, for example, where you have families meeting and those families have teenagers, I think you must have noticed that one of the first things that happens is that the teenagers just quietly disappear. So you don't see them anymore. And in social media, it's pretty much the same. Teenagers and youngsters, they're not really hanging out and, uh, and being sincere in places where their parents are looking at them. So there are quite a lot of uh, examples when teenagers have several uh, social media profiles on uh, on global social media just one which is to connect with their parents and family and teachers and so on and the other one which is for the friends now we at AskFM we are for friends only and that's why I think the answers are also more sincere and the teenagers can talk and interact about topics which are important to them on a more sincere level So when you say it's for friends only, you have to friend the person before you can ask a question? Like, I can't just go on your profile, for example, and ask a question? That is actually for our users to choose. Because on one hand, you can ask your friends directly. On the other hand, you can send a question to the community. And I think there are two ways how you define which way you choose. On one hand, something that you want to ask personally to your friends. And on the other hand, something that you want to ask whoever could give you an answer. But there's also another layer. It is the younger our audience is, the more they prefer to communicate with a close circle of friends. And as they grow up, they become more open-minded, more brave, and also they are more interested to expand their horizons. So they start engaging with more and more people on wider distances. And uh, we have even observed this phenomenon. We have looked at the data of the distance between anonymized users. And we see that the older the users get, the wider the span of distance between the people who interact with each other. Are the questions really oriented around like learning things? Like I always thought it would be mostly around like, what's your favorite food or something like that? Like trivia about you as a person. On platforms like ours, people can actually feel free to be whoever they are because if they are not sure about the content they're about to produce, they can easily ask it anonymously and find out what is the right answer and find out how to blend in better socially. So for example, there is this young girl and uh, she is not sure what would be appropriate makeup for the prom, for example. And uh, what she can do, she can actually make two options, put them on our platform and ask for her peers or her her friends to give her an advice, like which one is better. Now, this does not work anonymously, of course, because it's her face. But if we're talking about anonymous, for example, a guy who is about to invite a girl he really likes to movies, he can send a question to the community asking what would be an appropriate movie to offer for a girl that I really like. And he would get some really valuable feedback. And this is not something he would post on on the global universal social media because it's something quite personal for him and something quite important. When I was growing up, anonymous question things have existed for years. And I always wonder about their use, especially now for bullying, especially with younger kids. What have you found with that? I mean, do you find that people use the platform to bully? And if so, how do you deal with that? We have been investing really a lot of efforts and also a lot of money into developing the multi-layer solutions for uh, for the safety of our users, which range from uh, automated patterns, safety by design, live moderation, and many more. 
unfortunately, I cannot really give you particular examples because a part of the way how such procedures and such solutions can work is because the users don't know them. Because as you know, if you know how a safety procedure works, it's much easier for you to find a way around it. But I can assure you that this is something that we are taking uh, very seriously. It's one of the top priorities of the company. If you're asking me about the trends, is it getting better or worse content-wise, then I don't think it's really going anywhere. I mean, uh, this is something that people have discovered a while ago that you can actually use social media to, uh, to pressurize someone or to, uh, to send uh, inappropriate content. And uh, I think it's, uh, it's an ongoing struggle between the safety officers who are developing their patterns, developing their routines, developing their procedures in order to, uh, to make the community safer. And then there are, I don't know, we can call them predators on the other side who are also trying to, to find new ways how to get through. I think we are doing really as much as possible to minimize this risk and, and make it as close to zero as possible that somebody in our community gets harassed. What are the main questions you see asked? I know you kind of mentioned the categories a little bit, but like, are there specific questions you can kind of tell us that you see over and over again? Absolutely. However, I would like to point out one trend which, which I really find amusing because Every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I receive a list of most popular questions from the last week. Most popular meaning those which received most likes, most shares, most uh, views and so on. And uh, I'm often amused that uh, the most popular question answer pair is usually something like, hi, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks, here's my new selfie. And that one gets like thousands and thousands of likes. So despite the fact that there is this uh, mantra that content is king, I think content is probably queen, but the king is actually the content creator. And once you are very popular, you have a lot of followers, you have a lot of admirers, you can really post uh, very generic uh, content and you will still be getting a lot of, a lot of attention. However, if we, if we move away from this phenomenon and just look at the main topics that are being discussed, I can certainly reveal that the universal topic for young people is definitely music. Then equally important is discussing one's relations. And I don't even necessarily mean that it's a relationship between a couple, but it can be a relationship with your friends, with your schoolmates, with the society. And again, it is not just about what you think about me or what I think about you. It is more about uh, what do I wear to blend in a particular event or um, what is uh, better as a phone uh, if I want to be good at photography and then sharing those pictures in, in social media. What I should also like to point here is that it is not rare that somebody asks an anonymous question to him or herself. This is actually a very interesting phenomena, uh, but what we have noticed that it's actually a, a pretty significant percentage of questions that people send to themselves. Now, the cheeky example would be 
that let's say there is this girl who has uh, new sneakers and she would really like to show them to the world but how should anyone know that she has new sneakers so she sends herself an anonymous question post a picture of your shoes and uh, nobody knows who asked it but um, it's actually herself and then she posts a picture and says hey i have these new sneakers i'm glad that you asked this question so uh, this is um, this is a very cute way i would say how to use the anonymous uh, questioning interface Okay, so just I guess is my final question. Where do you see the platform going in the future? How do you see anonymous question apps developing? Do you see this as a huge social media opportunity? Do you think things are going to kind of remain more or less the same? You'll just perfect the technology on your end? Uh, The thing is that what we notice is that the users we have, they're getting older. They're getting more grown up. And um, I think it can be explained the following way, that when you are 13 to 16, you are curious about everything. So there is not really a positioning, it's more about learning about the world as such, and about your friends, about yourself. But as you turn 17, 18, 19 or, or, or 20 plus, you're not that curious about the world as such anymore, but there are certainly topics which are of your interest and I'm not talking about professional topics, I'm talking about social. I mean, I'm talking about the social group that you belong to, I'm talking about your hobbies, I'm talking about something that is important to you. For somebody it's music, for somebody it might be tattoos, for somebody it's sport. What we see is that the older our users are, the more they are looking for interest groups where they want to discuss questions which are important for them. And there are many of those questions that people prefer to ask anonymously because I think all of us know by now that whatever you post in global social media, whatever you post in global search engines, it gets saved, it gets profiled. Some marketers somewhere are making decisions based on on all the content you have produced. So on anonymous question answer platform, you still can feel very safe about about the interests that you are sharing, about the questions you are asking. So this is one of the things that we are actually sure about that the question answer app user is getting older and uh, that he or she is more after quality content, more niche content and more about something that is important for, for him or her. But what we are also looking into is the ability to reward people who are giving really good answers. Because still, one thing is that you get the mass of people who are curious about a particular topic, but it is equally important that you have somebody who can give them really good answers. And in order to incentivize those people who are ready to give really good answers, we are actually developing on uh, different mechanics how they can be rewarded, starting from uh, some premium functionality and ending with uh, enough currencies, enough coins that people can exchange to remunerate each other for, for quality content. So I would say on one side, it is the demand of the users that is getting higher because those users are getting more mature. On the other side, it is the mechanics to incentivize great content. And uh, this is where we basically see our segment of social media to develop.
All right, Kaylin, did you love that interview? It was great. The wanting to know something about yourself thing is interesting. Like people who use Saraha must have just been like a little, you know, it's like, what's the worst thing that anyone could say to me about me? Yeah, like sometimes it can be fun to get asked a really weird question and be like, huh, I've never thought about that before. Like, thank (laughs) you for opening my mind to these possibilities. But he also, of course, did talk to me about bullying and I guess these companies are actually thinking about this. He says they kind of sounds like he, he says they use basically like some sort of AI like filtering. They're looking for keywords. He wouldn't tell me what they're looking for because he says that people um. could defeat the system if they knew, which I'm like, OK. But I think they're just looking for like keywords, probably like swear words or something or like, yeah, you know, I mean, I think abusive pretty much language. every platform. Has yeah. That. So it sounds like they're at least trying to think about it. But. The bullies will continue to bully, as we all know. One thing that we all know as human beings who spend any time on the internet or any time in the world is that we're extremely creative and we can always figure out ways to make each other feel bad. Wow. But people can also be really good and generous, like the (laughs) uh, askers we spoke to earlier in this episode. I'm just thinking about, like, I genuinely think it would be a horrifying nightmare to be a teenager in the time of of Saraha or like also even like did but you have these Yik-Yak? question apps existed when we were young I didn't have a smartphone until I was 21 so I had a blissful childhood and <laughs> yeah, I had you had it. Tumblr and stuff you just didn't I mean, have any yeah. bullies I did get in like some arguments on Tumblr I didn't get bullied classic Caitlin starting beef I mean of course also they were all with like the girlfriend of this guy I was obsessed with so <laughs> Okay, we need to wrap this up. All right, so question apps episode, got some answers, maybe still have some more questions. The real conclusion of this episode is go back to Tumblr. Yeah, let's all do it. Just don't post your nudes there. Don't all do it. Okay. If you need some constructive feedback, message Caitlin anonymously. Well, how will I give you feedback on it? (laughs) I don't know who you are. (laughs) She'll feel your energy. You can post something and I'll come find you. Okay. And I'll contribute the feedback anonymously so that it's not in writing and it can't be traced to me and ruin my career. Perfect. All right. Great. All right. So that is it for this episode. We want to thank our producers, Andrew Marino, Bridget Armstrong, and Zach Mack. Also, as always, you can email us at button at theverge.com if you have any questions, comments, concerns, Whatever you feel like sharing that day. Follow Caitlin on Twitter at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. Follow me on Twitter at Ashley R. Carmen. And I'm going to bring back this request, which is please tell a friend if you enjoy this podcast, because that is the only way we will get new listeners ever. Wow. Thank you.